coming. Pass is picked off. He's going to go looking again, and it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore down on the right sideline. Into the end zone, and he's picked off. Back the other way. Yeah, yeah, it's Ian Rathbone on the phone. Uh, yeah. Just He's updating me. He hasn't put it on Twitter yet, but he just gives me a heads up sometimes when he's doing major stuff. Yeah. I've fallen out with... Um, um, Schefter. Yeah, falling out with that guy because I can't even say his name to be honest. You know, is it because he hates? Wait, who does he hate? He was accused of hating somebody. Well, uh, which which group of people did Adam Schefter doesn't seem to care about women very much? Yeah, that was uh, it. after the uh, yeah the Watson treatment. But it actually wasn't that. That's not the reason I fell out with him. He um, so you're not a male we... feminist? No, not really. I mean, I kind of I virtue signal sometimes to my friends, but really I don't care. <laughs> I I. Uh, uh so we we went to mcdonald's um and um in america you know i was out visiting him uh you're always going back and forth getting the gossip yeah you know i was i was seeing ian as well and you know a couple of other guys but um uh you know and i, I was stopping over because uh, i was going to see the falcons training facility I was invited over by the owner i think and um you know uh yeah we went to a mcdonald's and um uh you know, I went to the toilet and I was like, oh, can you order my food for me, Adam? And he he was like, yeah, oh, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that for you. Great. Yeah. And I told him what I wanted. Mm. Um, specifically asked for a large meal. I mean, there's I've never not asked for a large meal in my life. Come yeah. back. It's a medium meal, Ollie. And I'm like, well, what did you order? And he's like, oh, you know, I, I think I ordered a large. So he bullshitted his way. And then I went up to the counter. I asked the guy. And I was like, naturally, you would. Go did up that, to the see that? See. Yeah, I was like, see that guy over there. Did he order a, a large meal? He's like, no, a medium. It's on our system. I remember, remember ordering a medium meal, and I thought it was weird at the time because he ordered a large meal and then he ordered a medium meal. Uh, so large for himself. And so yeah, he got me, a large, so. large for him. Yeah, for him. Yeah, and that didn't trigger in his head that I said large, even though I did. So yeah, we fell out pretty bad. Did, do you think that was like a, a pissing contest type thing, like? Well, it was he was flexing on me yeah dave dave wants a he was like male, he was like i'm the big i'm the big dog baby, i'm the large baby bluck gets the medium baby bluck gets the medium yeah you know yeah um so that's you know. so it's not you don't care about women but you do care about large mcdonald's <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah when are you next going back out uh well it depends on ian really um He's pretty you busy. Know, he does a lot like, of like Pat Mac. He does. He is, he is busy, to be fair, you know. <clears throat> I mean, um, you know, I'll probably go out um, in a couple of weeks, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same time just, as me. I like to, get, like to get over there. Oh, is it? Are you going? Oh, yeah. I thought, forgot you again. out. Probably a bit longer than that then. Probably. Yeah. Probably a couple of months. A couple of months time. Or, oh. or like, actually, when do you come? When do you come back? Which date? Oh, you're going, you're going to go for the when, playoffs. When do you fly back? Which you're gonna you fly oh, i get i get yeah you know roughly the time because you know it's like no because really you're, you're all booked in and you could just tell me the date and then I'll yeah i land, on, I, land on, I land on the 23rd back in the uk back in the oh all right i'm probably going on like the 24th or 5th then oh so you're so. missing thanksgiving for it you're flying on thanksgiving for <laughs> yeah the... well you're not available now you know i'm just springing i'm just like i thought you'd made plans you know. with jazz that's all to do thanksgiving yeah, but does anybody ever really make plans with jazz that well, can't be cancelled no, we make this podcast 
purposely so jazz can't make it now that's the the fun thing about jazz being like oh i can only do wednesdays yeah, I, can, oh, I can only do wednesdays but you know but then i can't do yeah. you know any any other time even though you know i'm probably just sitting around not treating well, patients just, just walked around playing golf on tuesday morning playing golf badly as well in fact so even worse disgusting. he wasn't he wasn't even talking to ian rapaport or adam Schefter about anything that was going on, on the trade deadline I was I was I was literally texting with uh three phones at once. Yeah, at once, yeah. Wow. Nuts. Yeah. Different women or different cuz you don't like women or you know you don't respect women so I assume you Well, no, I've like, got I've got with... a phone I've got a phone so that Ian can always reach me and I've got a phone that I used to have with Adam. Um but now that's my like main phone. Okay. And then I've got a, a third phone. Um, that I use for uh, pornography. No, that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. then I don't, you know, I don't have to like clear my browser history and stuff. Yeah, no, I why? just like it's That's just irritating. all ready to go. Yeah, you don't want to have like to make sure you're on private browsing every single time. Yeah, yeah, uh... yeah. It's irritating. You kind of know what it's like to be a professional athlete. It's still the greatest player introduction on the planet. Uh, Michael Vick, Monday Night Football. <laughs> And you know when they do like the, I don't know, Richard Sherman, Stanford, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they do all that. And then they used to have on ABC a like special player, like key player would give like a, a super special message. So it'd be like, Michael Vick, Virginia Tech. If you're going to have two girls, have two cell phones. <laughs> Did you say that? National television. That's um, And they broadcast it. Yep. And that's pre that's pre recorded. Pre recorded, yeah. Ah, huh. all done in front uh, of the green. I guess screen. it was uh, it was different twenty years ago, wasn't it? Little little different, <laughs> little different. Yeah. I think that was like his second year in the league, or maybe third year in the league. Yeah, it was when they had the the cool old school jerseys before they got the red ones in. Yeah, Entourage was playing on TV. People didn't give a fuck about women. Pre pre entourage, I think, man. Pre entourage, you know, like really didn't care about women at that point. Simpler times. <laughs> so good that somebody at ABC was like, "That'll play well with our audience." <laughs> <laughs> they know their demographic. So good. Uh, talk. Mm. Let's talk about the Falcons, then, man. You recovered? Oh, there's just been so many games like that over the last few years and since I've been a Falcons fan and that ranks up as one of the best ones. <laughs> I mean, I don't have to like try and wipe it from my memory because we won in the end, but for the neutral, that must've been incredible. That fourth quarter, the whole game was good. I think we swapped scores 10 times, squat the lead 10 times. Yeah, between us and the Panthers, which is insane. When there's like three lead changes in the last two minutes alone, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get the we get the field goal, and then they've got twenty six seconds left. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I think yeah, we should close this out. But I'm a Falcons fan, pessimistic and British, so the idea of like hope in these situations never good doesn't feel great so i'm kind of waiting to still lose the game and the coverage do you obviously seen the dj moore touchdown the coverage on that is 
some of the worst American football that you can ever see. Don't understand. Two defenders. What the DBs are thinking. Neither of them. Uh, they're in deep coverage. They're in cover three. Uh, Not that deep. And but they just let him just run by them. Like he doesn't really. He doesn't get like a good block on. There's no one else helping out. There's no one else in the area at all who would be taking their focus away from the play. And he makes a beautiful catch, to be fair. But my God, I, I have no idea how you allow yourself to like get beaten deep in the NFL. Like well, that, there's but... a point. There's a point in that where you're like, you see them coming over if you're looking at it on the wide lens, and you're like, yeah, all right, one will take the high point over the top, and one will play underneath on more. So anything short, the guy playing underneath on more won't well, get blocked by more and then come down. Yeah. And anything long, the guy takes the deeper route on the receiver and makes sure, as as we'd use in soccer, he's goal side. Yeah, goal side of the man. So he hasn't got an easy angle towards goal. You know what I mean? Stay touch tight, goal side. I could be an NFL coach. It'd be so easy. I really hope that's how Schechter did it when <laughs> she was at Bills. Nah, look, come on here. Like, got to stay. Well, she goal- just changed her accent to like some got, South London. You got to stay goal yard. side on him, touch tight. You know what I mean? Where's he going? If he goes there, you feel him go there. If he goes there, you feel him go there because you touch tight. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, it's not that difficult to work out, and a little piece of communication on the field would do that. And they've got time to make that communication because DJ Moore's got a long period of time it's as a he's Hail running Mary as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's, it's like not, a it's six not going short. Pass. Um, <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean it was it was completely crazy. Then DJ Moore takes his helmet off, and the penalty results in them kicking a from memory forty eight yard field goal instead of a thirty. Is it fifteen yards for fifteen yard unsportsman like? Yeah. yeah, which is huge. Which is a huge penalty. <laughs> so it would have been a it would have been a chip shot anyway. And then the guy misses that the kicker who I think got fired the next day. Did he? Oh, really? Know. Eddie Pinero. Well, we were talking about him being fired, but I don't know if he I don't know if he actually did or not, but it's he, not on him. It's the kind of thing that gets you fired. Well, no, but the the kick How, in in overtime kickers so are so go, easily removed when they are the leading point scorers for their teams. Yet DJ Moore literally threw away the game by taking his helmet off and throwing it away. But in overtime, they could have still won it with a field goal. And, Eddie, and that was from 38 40 yeah. you've got to make that kick yeah. but he was obviously his confidence was already a bit wrecked from missing the first one so yeah and then young way Koo goes down the field and he gets a fairly easy one and Koo ain't missing ollie Koo is not missing kulach kulach <laughs> i don't know i don't know where he ranks with kickers but he feels like a top three kicker in the nfl the last few years well, inaccuracy awesome. or just in general. I don't think he's got a huge leg though, young Waiku. Uh I've seen him make a couple of fifty plus, but not like Tucker hitting like sixty yards. Yeah, he's not bombs. Clinic, but I think his consistency clinic. is like right up there. He's actually down this year. He's only hit eighty two percent of his field goals. Oh. Whereas he's been ninety three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh he's a hundred. But when you kick when you kick the game winner. People forget about some of those other ones, I guess. Yeah, no one's talking about Eddie Pinheiro's miss on the extra point from after the additional yardage if he kicks the one through in overtime. Yeah. But that's it. But yeah, it was it was a crazy game. You it must was, have uh, catch yourself really a little fun. bit when Mariota looked like he'd 
crapped the bed as well for the Falcons. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, when it went to overtime, I thought that we were going to lose because all the momentum was with the Panthers. But it's just one of those games I was saying, I think I said in our group messenger, that the football gods have toyed with the Falcons so many times over the last few years that this one... It felt like they were even the football gods were like, no, this is too much. Let's let's let them have this one. So we got away with it. Give give them a win. You guys can. Yeah. All right, fine. We've put you through enough this afternoon. I mean, yeah, we've lost most of those close ones, like including the Saints. The first game of this year was a similar kind of crazy game, fourth quarter nonsense. Anything, one sack, one interception, one like you know, different play that had gone out of bounds or something and that game would have been over and we lose by one point to the Saints. So we had that several times last year with the Bears and mm. all kinds of nonsense. So it's nice to just have some positivity. Um, but yeah, tough to take. My dog went nuts because I jumped out of my seat and she was sitting like right next to me, leaning on me. And I went nuts, jumped out of my seat pumping my fist in the air and stuff she starts barking jumps at me because she's like thinks that i'm like a threat or something she's not wrong yeah she's yeah. not not an intelligent dog. dog no and now you're top of the division like 500 and we're top of the, the division. saints are still in this division and we've been slagging off shane vereen's pick so much and they're only a game back the bucks the bucks are so bad at the moment so did you bad. watch the thursday night football yeah, well, I watched. I watched the highlights. Like that Ravens defense shut down Brady and the Bucks in the second half, and not only that, but the run game of the Ravens came to fruition. I don't know what adjustments were made on that Ravens sideline in the second half, but Tampa Bay kept them at bay for the whole of the first fifth, uh, half an hour, and then second half it was like completely different side yeah. that came out. They were running all over them, and that was the it one doesn't... thing. I mean, Jazz was saying. I know Jazz talks a lot of rubbish and. You know, that coin has <laughs> dropped and then risen and then dropped pretty heavily in recent weeks. But Jazz was saying, and I, one thing I kind of agreed with him, is that when an, an offense and a defense go head-to-head and the defense has got the strength that the offense has as well, i.e. run-stopping and the run game, yeah. it's normally the defense that comes out on top. And they just got put on a fucking stretcher and put to bed in the second half. It was so weird. Like... And I don't care about Brady's divorce. I don't think that's actually affecting anything at all. But why is nobody talking about Bruce Arians not being the head coach anymore? Yeah. Yeah. Like, for some that's reason, Brady takes all of the conversation out of this. Oh, the Bucks are bad. Brady's having a divorce. That must be it. Mm. Maybe it's because they let go of a really good head coach, moved him to an off front office position instead. And this is what you now get. Just that level of like leadership and, and quality is, that Arians brings. A, it's a good point because the personnel hasn't changed much since last year. And I mean, it segues us into, you know, talking, we're going to talk in a bit about expectations from the preseason and, and how teams have actually living up to any hype or kind of anti-hype that we'd put on them in the off season. Like, the I'm Bucks not, I'm not are a team that we really. No, I mean, I. It's just the things aren't clicking, and we could say that for a lot of teams around the the NFL. But in terms of expectations and pedigree, 
the Bucks are one of the most surprising ones because you can kind of see it with some others like Green Bay didn't make any moves in the offseason. They had a bad playoff loss last year. They lost their best receiver. There's like things you can point to to be like, okay, there's reasons why they're not as good. Mm. But the Bucks, it is hard to put your finger on it. And maybe you're right. Maybe putting your finger on it is Arians. Like maybe just Todd Bowles isn't meant to be yet a head coach. You know, the difference between a, between being a head coach and a coordinator is obviously massive. Like you're way more involved, I think, in the coaching and, and, and stuff as a coordinator than I think you are as a head coach. I think we've spoken to people on that about how a head coach, you have to learn to be able to delegate really well and mm. trust that delegation. And maybe that's something that isn't taking place right now. Either Bowles is holding on too much or maybe he's delegated too much. I have no idea about it in Tampa Bay. But that is the only, ma- well, like the major change in Tampa Bay. Like, oh, Tom Br- and Giselle's probably putting everybody off in the, in the locker room because Tom Brady's not, fit- yeah, Brady's not playing that well. But there are other things that are going wrong in Tampa Bay as well. It's not completely on Brady. You know, Evans had that big drop, obviously, against the Panthers. Uh, they've struggled a bit with injuries, particularly in the receiver core, but the run game hasn't really got going very often mm-hmm. at all. Right? We haven't spoken Fournette's about Leonard Fournette looking like a yeah. boss or anything like that. Like that's not down to Brady not handing it off well. Well, well that be, defense but... was was absolutely murdering people last year, especially down the stretch, and they just look distinctly average. You know, you you can score points on them, you can move the ball on them, and that offense is not going to come back and score twenty five no. or thirty. <laughs> They're probably averaging thirty last year. I'd have to go back and look at it, but. Yeah, it's a it's a weird one, and they're just they're just bad to watch. I mean, I don't know. The other thing you can point to is Brady's forty five. I don't think his arm strength's gone, but at a certain point, these th- you know their age is going to come into it. We say that every year, but he's forty five. Like, mm. should we be that surprised that he's not going to be a top two quarterback in the NFL? Except he's third in passing yards. Yeah, <laughs> that's the other thing. It's like. Brady has at least delivered yardage to win games. And yardage is very different to actually delivering the ball in specific moments. I think that's one thing that gets confused with a lot of people when they look at, like, particularly with passing QBs. It's, you know, oh my God, he's thrown for three and a half thousand yards this year. Yeah, but how many games has he won with those passing well, yards leading the to scores kind of thing? Kirk Cousins kind of thing, yeah, sure. Yeah, so. So I completely understand that aspect. I'd never put Tom Brady in the same level as Kirk Cousins in his prime, but maybe we're just seeing a Brady in a Kirk Cousins kind of mold right now. I know, but that's the thing. You would have thought that the talent on the rest of the team and their experience would be enough to make up for him coming back to the middle of the pack a little bit, Mm. but obviously not. What about the Eagles, though? You put that fun thing on Instagram. You spent a bit of time crafting a video, yeah. saying how how good you were feeling. What was uh, what's going on? You, you're smiling as I'm looking at you right now if, on the webcam. If the Eagles win this week and go eight and zero, like which they should do on Thursday night football, I had a very horrible conversation with Will Gavin, uh, the head of NFL at Talksport. In uh, at Wembley last weekend where we were mm. talking about the Eagles and stuff and I said I didn't like the fact that last weekend I was on the Sportsheads NFL Pick'em podcast yeah. and uh, 
everybody. Dre always makes me go last when it's the Eagles because he's like, he's trying to basically prevent me from saying and like starting the kind of cooing about like how much this side is great and all that kind of stuff. So if everybody else says everything already, I can't really say too much. I'll just be repeating everyone else. Very um, clever. Yeah, it's it's a smart move by him. He's, he knows what he's doing. Giants, mother... Hmm. Uh, he baited me into locking up the Seahawks though last week against the Giants because he started this whole oh they never no one believes in us and so that's when we want people not to believe in us and that's when we come through and I was like give me a break I'm not having this chip on the shoulder bollocks I'm locking up the Seahawks and shut you down Andre um, but yeah so but everybody was waxing lyrical about how easy it was going to be for the Eagles against the Steelers last week and as soon as everybody had said that I was like this is when I get nervous when everybody's yeah. on it looking past games well it's like you're such heavy favorites in the, in this game against the texans i don't even know what the spread is i think it's like 14 points yeah i think it's like a 14 point spread i, I just can't see a way of them winning that i 13, think that, 13 and a half yeah i can't it would have to be a really crazy but the, game but this is what will and i would one score will and i were talking about i kind of said when everybody's on it i get worried and these are the games because the NFL is so bonkers this year, these are the games where you're most likely to stumble because there's that overconfidence. And if Sirianni is able to not let that creep in yeah. and everybody has that like, it was dogs when they went to the Super Bowl previously. Now it's Batman is the thing. Travis Kelsey was walking off in a Batman uh, mm -hmm. mask. Obviously, AJ Brown's been doing the Batman thing this year. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just one of those ones where, because it's Thursday night football as well, it, it, there's a rogue element to it. I was half tempted to take the Texans to cover but the like, spread. But even if you if, if you lost it, I mean, it wouldn't be the end of the world to go seven and one, would it? You're still no, in a fantastic up. position. I think I think what what I am concerned about with the Eagles, and this is a good problem to have, but your schedule is so easy that are you going to be battle tested when you do get to the playoffs? And you might not even get crazy challenges in the NFC playoffs, but if we're looking really far ahead, like a team like the 49ers or someone like that, that you could get in the playoffs that can make things really down and dirty if they're playing well, a team like that, you're not playing many of those teams. You're playing teams like the Texans, like the Steelers, teams in transition or just teams that are terrible. I well, guess you've got the games in the division. You the could argue, Cowboys, but... the Cowboys, the Saints, and the Giants. With the Saints being kind of a bit all over the place, and you're not really sure what you get, but in theory, it's a good roster. Yeah, those three games to finish the season away in Dallas. Dallas That's is one challenge. of the teams I actually worry the most about. Yeah, in that this is a NFC. challenge, and not because I'm like ever high on Dallas or anything like that, but it's just a it's an old rival. They do have a strong squad. Tony Pollard looked like an absolute beast with Zeke out last weekend. Uh, Micah Parsons is, uh, you know, a phenomenon this season. And, you know, Dak has shown that he can be a high-powered offense quarterback. It's decision-making yeah. game management that Dak and the Cowboys have lacked in big moments over the years. So away at Dallas, at home to the Saints and the Giants to finish the year, I'm hoping are like, okay, iron sharpens iron a bit. You know, we've still got mm. the Packers that could still maybe do something. I, I just don't know with them. Um, but if the Eagles go 8-0, and like, I'm, I'm getting arrogant. <laughs> I'm getting you real should. arrogant. I, I don't think you've been, I yeah. don't think you've been crowing enough. Like, maybe it's a kind of, 
as soon as you start probably crowing, handed out it... so much uh, chat in years past as well to other other people i think that now you're kind of at the top of the mountain looking down a bit at everybody else trying to climb it you're kind of like oh i don't want to i don't want to be trying to tread on fingers because those guys could catch up to me and they're gonna really make me suffer <laughs> if they do I also I've, I've i've genuinely had a dream um and I, I wasn't sure if I was going to tell you about this, but I've had a dream uh-huh. where, where I'm in Arizona commentating on the Eagles in the Super Bowl. And I woke up so, like, sad at the thought that that could happen. But also there's a really strong chance that it won't happen. And I, I was really annoyed with myself that I let that thought creep in. It of, felt like really real to you. I don't know if I'm going yet. And I don't know if like obviously you can't tell if the Eagles are going to be there or not I'm very worried about the Vikings and TJ Hawkinson coming in and that completes a very good offense I I don't know if you yeah commenting on because you didn't work the last Super Bowl when the Eagles you were with me and Jazz and everybody else and that's one of the closest I've come to crying in a sport uh, at the end of a sports thing I was so happy yeah I don't know how you'd handle it being a professional it would be it I get through it until the end. After the game, as soon as we got, if I got off air, Ali, I, I think it's it's not if I think you'd be you'd be okay if the Eagles won or they were winning, but if they were losing and getting beaten, I would hear it in your voice. <laughs> yeah, probably. And your general attitude. I think there would be some like long pauses and stuff where you're trying to like post your shit. Oh, and it's it's another interception for Jalen Hurts. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would be I don't know. I, I'm trying not to let myself think about that, but if they go eight yeah. and oh this week, I'm gonna be thinking about it quite a lot because that's oh, all mate. just under halfway through the season and undefeated. Definitely. And, and I don't I don't mean to be a dick, but I kinda called it at the beginning of this year when hey, I was like Right, we did. So th- this let's talk about expectations. Because I think the Eagles is something that we got totally right in the off season. Nailed. Which is really nice. The three of us were like, as soon as AJ looking at Brown. the schedule, we were like, yeah. And that's without, I mean, I would say they're even better than we thought they would be because I didn't think the passing game would be as good as it is. Hertz is like, got a great arm. Some of the throws that he made to Brown last week. Ooh, ooh, were, my, that, <sighs> all three of AJ Brown's touchdowns are in double coverage and how, how the Steelers' defense don't... I mean, you were talking about, but, obviously, what happened with DJ But that's how good Moore. the throws were. That's how good the throws were. I, the... I, I think it's poor coverage on some of them as well, though. That oh, first one in particular, AJ Brown takes it at, like, chest height. He doesn't have to high point it at all. And he's literally got a defender on his back and a defender right in front of him. Yeah, and it's dropped yeah. into a great space. But how one of those DBs doesn't put a hand out and get that on it? Because AJ Brown isn't fighting that much. It, that was a gift, some of those. Uh, yeah, that... But, yeah, I mean, Hertz has has thrown some pretty balls into some tight windows and he's getting away with it. That's the nice thing. At the moment, he's getting away with it and I'm okay with it. Ooh, <laughs> and yeah. But that so expectations wise, I think that they're even better than we thought they would be. But we were talking about back in August, July, we were talking about the Eagles maybe having a seven, eight and oh record going into the bye undefeated i think it was yeah it was definitely undefeated by the bye and i genuinely think it was i was talking about 12 and 0 or 11 and 0 until the packers game packers and the colts but i was like double digits unbeaten yeah Yeah. it's just it's such a soft schedule and even 
even in the off season when we look at the schedule, it looked soft then. But it's even softer when teams like Green Bay are bad, when the Saints. Mm. You know, you mentioned that game to close out the season. They, I could imagine them getting better as the season goes on, but they're not where some people thought they would be, um, and where they've been in years past. So, yeah, the Eagles are the Eagles are exceeding our expectations a little bit, but it's Houston, kind of where we thought they'd be. The Eagle has landed. <laughs> it's coming for you, Houston. Um, but who else? The Buffalo Bills have stepped up, and Bills have been who we look, thought we were. The Bills are exactly who we thought they were. The Chiefs, I've crowed a little bit about thinking you, that they yeah, would you, be... Yeah, you got that. I, I mean, I'll ha- happily give you that. I, uh, I was right on that. I didn't put money on it with Jazz because my track record on betting with Jazz is so bad. That it gave me It gave yeah. me pause uh, um, to actually push the button. But I was right on that. You guys were a bit more down on them. But then if you just look inside that division, the Chargers look like the Chargers that we've seen forever. They're like, so they're, talented they and they're so unable to get big moments done. Uh, I, I've, I don't know. You know, you know what? Like you, they're a bit cursed in the you coaching. Thought, just, yeah. You thought the Chargers were the Chargers in that Thursday night game against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs mm. when Herbert drove them down the field in the fourth quarter and then yeah. threw that interception. And it wasn't necessarily Herbert's fault. wasn't his best pass, but it wasn't an uh, a pass that you were like, oh, that's given away to the Chiefs Oof. defense with good coverage and, and a poor move by the tight end as well. But um but that was a point where you're like, ah, oh, they're still those guys. They're the Chargers. They're they're those guys. And you just Yeah, you look at the talent that they have. They made even more moves in the offseason, added like Phil Mack. And it did look on paper. But the the there's always this gap, isn't there, in sports and in life as well, where just you look at things on paper and so few times it matches up like we've called the Eagles. Most of the time it's like, oh, that just looked good on, on, <laughs> like on the face of it. But yeah. it's not there. Um, I'm just having a look. Like, I mean, the Raiders, my God, in terms of expectations, I thought that they would be around 500 at this stage. And they're so far below that. And they're getting blown out in games. They got but... destroyed last weekend. I couldn't oh, believe. Embarrassing. I don't know how a team with Derek Carr, who's perfectly fine, quarterback, can be a top 10 quarterback sometimes on his day. He's in that kind of Kirk Cousins zone. I don't know about an offense with him, with Waller, with Renfro, and now with Adams. I don't know how that doesn't score 20-plus points in a game. Well, it didn't score a single point against the Saints. I know. (laughs) Like, a single point. I spent all of last week being like, Josh Jacobs, he's the man. Everybody slagged him off. I've always had faith in Josh Jacobs. He's a great running back, or at least a good running back. Yeah, I didn't even mention Jacobs. And he's he's absolutely cacked the bed last week. Mm. I mean, he still had 43 yards, which is fine. Derek Carr, 101 yards. Oof. What is going on? It's just Jarrett they, Stidham coming in, obviously. Like they seem like a real confidence team, and if they don't start games well, they can go under really, really quick, and they just can't get themselves out of it. Well, you remember, you remember Joe was on here talking about the problem is Carr, kind of hinting at that, like saying everything else around is great, but it's not just Carr as in his ability; it's Carr as in like the guy in the locker room. Because yeah. he has like his little favourites every so often and all this kind of stuff. Maybe I don't know. It, it again. It's it, there's got to be something 
because that team shouldn't be executing as badly as it has done. I mean, they were talking about shifting off John Abram, which is a crazy thing to do because I love yeah. him as a hard-hitting safety. Yeah. You know, these teams that have got a good team there mm. in terms of the players, like the Broncos, for instance, that were thinking at the trade deadline of shipping players off. The fact that Alvin Kamara might have been moved on from the Saints, there was rumours oh, that that was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, bonkers. The Bradley Chubbs that move insane i know i'm getting sidetracked here slightly but that that is mental well the, the denver the bradley, broncos to look at that team yeah and not the, the try bradley and hold Chubb the... move i can actually defend from their point of view because he's on the fifth year option so they'd have to pay him next year do we think that bradley chubb is worth the kind of money that his agent's going to want I think probably well, he's not. just signed a he's five year 119 million dollar deal today with the i don't think he's worth that i think he's i think he's a good uh edge rusher but has he really shown to I mean, be he, in that top tier like i don't think he has and he's a key figure in the best defense in the league but the but the broncos have got other edge rushers so oh. and they've got young players coming through I, it actually makes sense to me especially when you look at their cap situation with this russell wilson it they've got russell wilson under contract for like five years for this insane money I think they've got to pay for it. Something's got to break, hasn't it? Um, I think if if Russell Wilson hadn't shit the bed so much this year, he's a psychopath, uh, then they would have given Bradley Chubb the money to stay because they'd have recognised how big and open that Super Bowl window is for them. Probably, but it, th th there's no window. It's never been open. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, it should just... be. Like that's that's the weird thing about like people talking about Super Bowl windows is you don't realise the window's there until it's shut on you. Like the Colts. The Colts are like, oh, we just need that final piece of the puzzle. It's like, no, your your window was two years ago because mm. it's, it's dead closed now. You're going back to, okay, how do we revive this team? The Steelers, sure. you know, five years ago, six years ago, that was another window for you to open up and have that. And now you're rebuilding again. I don't see that Steelers team necessarily being in contention uh, for a Super Bowl for like two or three years. They have to do the whole rebuilding thing with Tomlin and everything mm -hmm. like that. The Titans, your window was these last two years, three maybe. Now, not so much. Henry's a bit more banged up. You need to... I, I would argue with those teams that you mentioned, they're teams that have let their rosters become worse, whether the Broncos made all those moves to make their but that's roster what I mean, like... really good. And that's why, I mean, when we were talking about in terms of expectations for them in the offseason, I think we and we hedged our bets, but we were saying that they could be really good and win double-digit games, or they could win six games, and we wouldn't be that surprised if it was mm. either of them. And we obviously know which side of that scale that we're on now. So I don't know, but then if they... If Russell Wilson does take steps this year and they can sort it out by the end of the year or they get a new um new head coaching coach staff. If they get a new coaching staff, you wouldn't be that surprised if next year it's like, oh, okay, well, we go again and that they are in that mix and they're the team that we thought they might be this year. That wouldn't surprise me that much. Yeah, I just think as as I say, they they paid all that money for Wilson's to open up the Super Bowl window properly for them with everything else around. And yeah. it it hasn't worked. And then if you start moving on big players that have been an integral part, both leadership-wise, you look at mm. what happens when you lose a big player. Look at the Arizona Cardinals with Hopkins. I know it's the other side of the ball. 
Look at the Bengals without Chase. If you lose a key player, you don't realise how key they are when your team has to suddenly play without them. And it'll be yeah. interesting to see what the Broncos' defence is like without Chubb in. Because the only way you'll find out how big a player he was and how useful he was for that team, really, is when you see how they do without him. And they might be fine, because it's Point. a great defence. They have plenty of ability to get to a quarterback in yeah. the likes of big boys like DJ Jones. They have that phenomenal secondary led by Sertain. And they're, they're great at smothering the pass and covering up the run quite neatly. I think they're top 10 defence and run stopping. So they've got that. But it removing a piece of the puzzle you can't always fill it look at the titans with removing aj brown no we'll just fill it, it we've might got the be, same you don't got the know, same guy in the be, younger version yeah yeah it might oh. be a, a piece from the jenga tower it might be a top piece or it might be the bottom piece you're not sure until you see how adding, it wobbles afterwards adding is always safer than removing because if yeah. you add somebody it doesn't work okay you just don't use them in your game plan mm-hmm. if you're miami yeah we'll go out and get jeff wilson because our head coach knows him daniels knows him and if he adds to our backfield, brilliant. That's the thing we need to add and get working on to level out the playing anyway. But if he doesn't, okay, we're not going to lose too much on him. Like, it's it's a safe move to have. Removing mm-hmm. a big guy, uh, then you get... That's when you get more worried. But you've got to make those tough decisions, haven't you? I suppose it's like, do you back the Broncos as an organisation given the last few years to make those correct decisions? And I don't, no. because they've done so badly at quarterback. I don't trust their quarterback to make the correct decisions in what he puts on TikTok. How can you trust him to make the correct decisions in what he wants to do on an NFL field? And how can you therefore trust an organization that hasn't been able to pick up a quarterback that anybody can trust in for the last... I mean, Nat, I love working with Nat. Uh, he's a great guy. I have, But he started talking about the Broncos down the years, the success they've had at quarterback with mm. Elway, and then they brought in Peyton Manning, and then they had that success with Tebow. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. We're not going Elway, Manning, Tebow. Tebow. Like, and then, Tebow's where it went wrong. And after that, it's been a shitstorm since then. There hasn't been somebody. You know, they've flown around with like Brock Osweiler handing him that huge oh, deal at one point. God. And like... Run. yeah it's just been a disaster zone that denver broncos qb hunt and other things have been fine like they have built this great team by the way the broncos receiver room this this made my year right right i'm wearing some quite nice trainers on the yeah. weekend i'm wearing uh, some uh sb um sb dunk ben and jerry's and um doing the post-match interviews, standing in the locker room. Uh, I just finished one of the chats and Jerry Judy's next to uh, mm-hmm. next to who I'm talking to. And Jerry Judy just goes, oh, you got the dunks with the Ben and Jerry's? Some nice trainers, man. And then... <laughs> well, that made you up. It gets better. The rest of the receivers look down at my shoes and start giving me props for my trainers in the middle of the Broncos locker room. Like, Oh, there's some nice kicks, man. Real nice. I was like, this is so fucking cool. I have Jesus never felt cooler Christ. in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> I um, do love that. that I was, do love that. So, so I've got, I, I don't mind. The receivers at the Denver Broncos are fantastic. You know, they're a great bunch of guys. Yeah, you know, you're never going to say anything bad about them. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, sorry, going back to like the expectations on Denver, they're definitely, we, we were like coin flip because of the division. Yeah, so I don't think I don't think we were we were wrong on them. 
I mean, and I'm just talking, I'm not just talking about our expectations on teams, but, you know, just kind of the general buzz around them. I think that there's, there's teams that, there's teams that are kind of, so the Vikings is a great example of this. The third in the league in terms of their standing, the three and zero in the division, six and one record. They're playing about where I thought they would be, but their record is much better than I thought it would be. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, the, the quality of football they're producing is yeah, what you like, would expect from the Minnesota Vikings. It's just it's that everybody good. else around them is like, oh my God, what are we doing? Let's burn the house down kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, and they're, they're I mean, just, and, and just... I think you could throw in like the Cowboys are playing a bit better than I thought they would be. Their defense is obviously better than people thought it would be in the off season. But I'm not crazy surprised at their record six and two. I think more like in your division, the Giants are a massive surprise because they've been terrible for the last few years. I think they had five wins over the two preceding seasons, like. They're really surprising, and they're—I don't think it's going to last. I don't believe in a team like that that has to win really tight games every week and is that reliant on one player. But you've got to give it up to them in terms of expectations in the off season. I would say that people would have put them around the Falcons in terms of like bottom five, maybe. Yeah, at I the think, end of the year, I think their ceiling was real low. Them, them and the Commanders, really? everybody was looking. That was why the East had still the it's garbage, it's garbage because Absolutely, no one yeah. was expecting Hurts to play like he has done. People, I think, were kind of expecting the Cowboys to take this division before the AJ Brown move and before people, that kind or, of late people push. People are always high on the Cowboys, aren't they? So, but yeah. there was, I think, it was a push for the Cowboys to win it from the general consensus of NFL fans and media. The Eagles might be able to put something together if they take the ball out of Hurts' hands. Mm. And then it was Commanders and Giants will be trash. Brian Dable's going to have to, you know, have a year, bring in his own style, putting his own personalization on this team and everything. And, and thankfully, he's, he's worked wonders on a defense already. And, uh, and Saquon Barkley is back to his best, still keeps looking at that shoulder. But the Giants, yeah. Yeah, they've out, outperformed expectations because they massively. They, they could lose every game for the rest of the season, and they've already outperformed the Giants and record. the Jets. I mean, the Jets. Somebody called it quite. Uh, Ollie Connolly of Gridiron Magazine quite savagely said the Jets, without a doubt, have the worst quarterback in the NFL, in Zach Wilson. I mean, from what I've seen, I haven't sat down and watched a game of theirs in full, but I've seen highlights and I've watched a lot of red zone. I haven't seen him make a play with his arm that's no. impressed me at all so no no yeah i i don't know who's who's worse than him <laughs> that's that's the best question isn't it well that yeah and i i can't really think of anyone <laughs> at the moment i mean wentz uh, was poor with the commanders no not that poor wentz not that never poor had, i mean no, he's never been it depends what bad. you feel about lance and i mean trey lance was poor but thankfully the injury prevented us from seeing just how poor he was gonna be um but his mobility was getting him out of trouble uh, to some extent, Fields. I still, I'm not in on Fields in I, Chicago I think at all. Trevor still. Lawrence has been uh, bad, but not as bad. He started the season pretty good, and he just, just can't finish in a red zone. Now. You look well, at he the, just, the he's just not accurate enough. The interception, he's just not accurate enough. He makes, he makes bad decisions as well. Like the interception no. he threw in the uh, that was picked off. Uh, was it by Satane? I think um, at the goal mm. line was there's four DBs in the back right-hand corner of the end zone and two Jags receivers. And Lawrence has rolled out 
on designed rollout and rather than throwing it away like any sensible QB would and set yourself up for another attempt at the one yard line, he tries to force it in to a pocket yeah. of four DBs. It's like it's, yeah, it's ludicrous. He doesn't beat the first guy. And then the one that won the Broncos the game, KJ Williams, jumps a route that is behind the receiver. You're playing with no timeouts. You need to be leading him to the sideline anyway. And it wasn't like Lawrence was incredibly rushed on that throw. So he is being inaccurate. You're right. Um, and, and I don't... Yeah, I mean, out of college, he didn't seem that, you know, the scouting profile on him didn't seem like he really had a glaring weakness. And now he's in his second year. It's not, I think, that we put so much on the coaching last year with the Jags, but now they've got a perfectly good head coach mm. and they're still really struggling. I mean... I don't want to just label all of the things that I was right about in the off season, but I have bet jazz on that. And that is looking more favorable to me now. What was the bet with jazz? I think he said was it's six wins he needs oh, for the Jags. I think it's six wins. Um, and the, from, I think they won two out of the first three and then yeah, they haven't and won on a since five game wins, uh, losing streak. Yeah. So that's going to be an interesting one. To check. I, I might finally win. They're all close jazz. games though. That's they the thing. Are, the yeah. They're, are they're not an awful it. team. They're not an awful team. Travis, they're better than than a lot of the other ones at that lower end. I think they're better. They're better than the Panthers, probably. They're better than the Steelers. They're better than the Texans. Better than the Lions. So they're kind of, but that's still like you don't want to be talked about in that. I kind of think they're better than the Broncos, even though they lost to them. To I honest. would say no, just because of that the Broncos defense. defense but, yeah. You know, like you said about Chubb, we'll have to wait and see. That might be the the Jenga piece. But in terms of like other teams, you kind of there's so many teams. I think that's what made me want to talk about this is there's so many teams that you can kind of just see where they are in the in previous off seasons. Teams like Green Bay, like Tampa, that like the Saints could probably going back a few more years when Breeze was there. That they're just their expectations are met all the time and you just you can see them doing it they might win some games they might lose some games but you can kind of see them meeting their expectations in the offseason and it feels like this year there's just not that like it's literally like the eagles and the and the and the bills and then everybody else is either exceeding expectations or is underperforming you just well it's the um it's it's the underperformers that are far more prevalent yeah because we all went into this season with like expectations on Packers sure even without Adams but expectation mm. Raiders because they went and got Adams Denver because they got Wilson Chargers because the moves they made uh, so, hence people were still high on the Chiefs there was a high expectation for them but just in the highest expectation of a division that might be the greatest division we've ever seen in the NFL hasn't come to fruition Rams what about the Rams three and four oh, yeah I know and look and were boxed out by the 49ers I, I mean I, I put them in the Super Bowl again I put, it seems insane now. I put money in May on the Niners to win the Super Bowl. Mm, that's interesting. I like the Niners. The, the Niners are like the the team that I would like the Eagles to play in the championship game. That's most, hard nose. I think it'd be the best game. Hard nose football. <laughs> yeah, that is no. But you look at you look at the Jets. You look at the Giants. You look at the Niners. You look at the Eagles. Some of the teams that have been more entertaining. It's yeah. run football, run heavy football, hard nosed mm-hmm. defense. Do you see that um, uh, KJ Warner hit from the weekend? There's a brilliant video running around social media. It's like KJ Warner is a missile where he just uh, c- 
comes flying across from one side of the field, literally sprints directly across to the sideline, mm-hmm. hurdles one guy who's on the floor, and as he's hurdling, then oh, springs goodness. into a launching tackle <laughs> to make a hit. It's superb. It's one of the best things I've ever seen this season in terms of a defensive play. It's like he reads exactly where the point of contact is, like locks mm-hmm. onto it, and he just darts straight to it. But um, but yeah, the as the best teams in the NFL at the moment the ones that can run the ball well even the vikings can run it well with dalvin cook like which hasn't been spoken about enough because everyone's talking about justin jefferson who's having this hot and cold season right now but hard nose grinding the the bills aren't haven't got a good running game really the chiefs don't in the nfc what i was saying in the the nfc NFC. okay sorry right okay let's reset that and and the jets are in the afc but they've been fun to watch (laughs) at least um i think there's there's a lot of middle teams that have got basic records that are really fun this year that it's the middle of the like you've got the kind of top ends eagles chiefs bills and then you've got this middle section of really entertaining teams that you don't really know what's going to happen week to week like the bengals they stuffed the Falcons, like absolutely murdered them. And I was like, oh, their passing game is so good now that it will just carry them to the playoffs and they're probably going to go and win that division. I could just see them going on a run after that game. Chase gets injured. And then this last week, they were terrible. And they got wiped out by the Browns. But that's that missing piece. So- I don't Somebody said it to me this week. Like I said, oh, Jamar Chase is out, so it's going to be difficult. And somebody was like, nah, Bengals will be fine. It's like, no, they won't be. You take the guy that's the double threat out. Like, ask Calvin Ridley about it. See how he's doing in Jacksonville next year. (laughs) Weird trade. Um, Yeah, like, as soon as you take that superstar player out, it completely changes your team and how that offense is going to work. And, you know... I'm a big fan of players like Higgins and Boyd. Like, love Joe Burrow, but he needs that guy to make everybody else's life easier as well in that offense. It's a good job they got Joe Mixon there as well. Still, you know, a running back not talked about enough for what he did last year, let alone yeah, how yeah, he's going to be used um, this year. But yeah, he's still, he's still, uh, he's still getting good points. Everyone, everyone thought it'd be the everyone thought it'd be the Bengals beating the Browns quite comfortably, and I was like, no, nah, the. The Browns aren't bad. They've just not got a great quarterback and receiver. Again, another hard-nosed running football just, team and a good they're, defense. They're, they're Yeah, they're a weird team, though. They can show up and put 30 on the Bengals. But would you be confident in them the next week? I don't know. Like You just can't, you can't predict these teams. And then you've got real berserker teams like the Falcons that, I mean, they're just, it's just a, a good time. To be honest, because like you don't, you know, do I really think that the Falcons are going to be in contention at the end of the year? No, but that that division is so terrible, and the Falcons are playing such fun football. They're a good news story. I think the the Seahawks are an interesting one as well. Like in the off season, I would say with Gino, we didn't even know Gino was going to start until like late August. But with Gino starting, we were like, oh, are they going to win? Yeah, five, six, seven games maybe with some good coaching. They've already got five. So mm. it's, it's such a weird year. Such a weird year. All right. I'm kind of like sinking into it a bit, to be honest. Just the end of my like, to put a bow on that. 
I, I know it's been up and down, like the quality of the football, but I'm kind of sinking into it now. Like I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying yeah, it's it. it's accepting the carnage. Sit exactly. Back and just yeah, let embrace the chaos. The mental. And then you can you can enjoy it. Stuff don't, happen. Yeah. Don't look for too much like things making sense. Don't connect the dots. Just let it wash over you. Like your team's gonna win a game, then it's gonna lose a game. The team you thought was going to be good and is going to win the division is going to get trounced by some Jets team or something. It's just, yeah, it's yeah. all up in the air. So, talking of trying to predict things then. Oh, yeah, right. Do you want to do Jazz's bet? Yeah, let's get Jazz's waste of time out of the way. I don't even why he's bothering putting money on. So, Jazz, after being Mr. Oh, you got to go big, blah, 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 blah. He's taking the Bills over the Jets. He's taking the Bengals over the Panthers. He's taking the Pats over the Colts. The Raiders over the Jags. Ballsy. He's taking the Vikings to cover a 3.5 spread against the Commanders. And he's taking the Dolphins to beat the Bears, which is giving him 10 to 1. 10.6 to 1, actually. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 10.6. It's a big... Okay, what about yourself? What have you got, Dave? I don't even just on to critique Jazz's bet. Okay, I don't yeah, even think he's got he's got like you know several favorites in there, but I don't even think that's worth ten to one. I feel like that should be considering how crazy the NFL is this season. It doesn't feel very safe to me, does it? That feels more like a twenty to one bet. Is that just me? I was I looked at it. I was like, how is that ten to one? I think it's because you're looking at it as the NFL craziness happens every single week. So all of these are so unpredictable, you could easily extend or reduce the spread or the odds on all of those. I don't know, technically favourites. I mean, the Raiders, Jaguars jumps out immediately. I don't know, whatever. Right, let's uh, move on from that. Jazz. Jazzy, jazzy, jazz. All right, get mine up. Well, I'll run you through mine while you get yours up. Okay, I am... you go for it. I regret this immediately. I'm taking the Rams, <laughs> the Rams over the Bucks. Ooh. Well, I don't trust either. I stayed of those. away. I stayed away from that one. Didn't like it. I'm taking the Seahawks to beat the Cardinals because I like watching the Seahawks at yeah, the moment. Yeah, I got that as well. Nice. I got the Raiders to beat the Jags, which I regret. I'm taking the Vikings to beat the Commanders, which isn't exactly a big one to put on. Mm-hmm. I was going to take the Eagles just to take a Thursday night game because it seems like we could actually win a Thursday night game bet. And then I was like, no, I'm not ever going near that. Uh, So I avoided that. And I'm taking the Chargers to cover a minus three spread against the Falcons. And I'm taking the Packers to cover a minus 3.5 spread against the Lions, which is giving me 47 to one. Very nice. I'm quite similar. We've got some overlap. I've got the Raiders as well. So I wasn't going against Jazz picking the Raiders. I'm just surprised that given how close that game is probably going to be, that you didn't get better odds on it. I've got the... This is my big one. I've got the Lions to beat the Packers. I think that game's going to be close. The Packers just have no juice at the moment. And whatever, like, let's get some odds in here. I thought that the Lions might might be able to cause an upset there. I've got the Bills as a safe bet against the Jets. I've got the Seahawks. I love the Seahawks there against the Cardinals. Mm. Uh got the Dolphins minus five against the Bears and I've got the Panthers plus seven against the Bengals because they're a bit frisky so I could see them getting within seven the Bengals can be can be hurt and that gave me 44 to one so was was that friskiness inspired by the fact that 
the Panthers look like they've found uh, a capable quarterback in PJ Walker. Yeah, I mean, he can actually deliver a ball. And has and mobility like more than the other two as well. Yeah, yeah, he looks good. He's fine. I doubt he's like a long-term answer, but he's probably like... Who's the guy at the commanders? Heineke. He's that kind of level, isn't he? Like, he could... He can be fine. I prefer Heineke over Carson. I mean, sure. Heineke, Heineke came back in... What, I came in end of last year, didn't he? And played yeah, well. Yeah, perfectly, perfectly fine quarterback. I, I was surprised he didn't get more of a chance to have the starting job, to be honest. Yeah, I am, yeah. I don't know why he'd give up anything for Carson Wentz. If you already had Carson Wentz, maybe fair enough, because his ceiling's probably higher. But to go out and get him when you've got Heineke did feel a bit weird. Anything yeah. else on the uh, trade deadline, by the way? Just because, you know... Oh, wow. What what did you say? You say the Calvin Ridley thing was weird to you. What What do you mean by that? It's just odd to trade now for a guy who isn't going to be able to play for you until next season. Oh, okay, yeah. Weird for the Jags, yeah. Because I'm as a Falcons fan, I'm quite happy that we're drawing a line under it. Um, whatever Ridley does in the future. And I hope he does do great things because it's so promising. God, like, it'd be really sad if he doesn't play in the NFL again because he was like one of the better young receivers a couple of years ago. Mm. So I'm happy from my point of view. But yeah, for the Jags, it's a big risk for them. But that's why they've got the... Um, it's like a, a fourth and then conditional fourth, which could turn into a second if he gets a, an extension on his deal. That's my understanding of it. So, I mean, I guess you could say a fourth is a lot to give up, but I don't know. Like, does he want to play football? That's the thing with me. I'm like, do I want a guy like that in my locker room and invest time and coaching and money in him? Oh, I don't know. I wouldn't I just, do it. I, of all the things that players have been suspended for, Calvin Ridley's is the most over-the-top suspension for the most minimal thing. What I do think is funny is that Calvin Ridley was suspended for betting against the Jags. <laughs> now he's been traded to the Jags, which yeah. is which is superb irony. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I always had hope because he was such a great receiver to watch. Uh, and I, I've got a soft spot for Atlanta, so I always kind of hoped he'd come back, settle in. I know. And, so did I, yeah. You know, that would, that would be it. But instead... But does- doesn't it feel like when you look at the stories of other players around the league and like the history of kind of sports that when a player starts going down this route where they don't, they quit in the middle of a season, citing mental health problems, and they say categorically, I don't know if I want to play football ever again, then we get the ban for betting. So we're two seasons out of that now. Does it feel like the trajectory of that player is going to be, I'm going to come back and compete in one of the most difficult sporting leagues in the world at the highest level? It doesn't feel like that, does it? You've got to be all in. yeah. And once you've created that separation between you and the league, and you've created that separation between you, I don't know, like, how is he staying in shape? And like, is he doing all the right things? Is he going to come back like as the guy? He's but gonna I think be two he's been years older than Antonio just... Brown. <laughs> so he, he maybe be... it's the CTE squad. I don't know. <laughs> Physically, he should be great. Mentally, we do not know. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, look, I hope Ridley. I, I I genuinely hope Ridley does well. 
uh, oh in, mate in Jacksonville. I, I, I would not be like and i really mean this as well like if you let go of a player and they end up playing really well at another team normally that's a really awful thing as a fan you're like why couldn't we have that if he went out with the jaguars and got a 1500 yard season i swear i would be nothing but happy for him i wouldn't be thinking about oh, i wish he was still on the falcons it just hasn't worked Mm. So for them to cut now is, I feel really good about it. Uh, Roquan Smith going to the Ravens with AJ Klein, a second round and a fifth round coming back for the Bears. Cool. I don't mind that. Yeah, yeah. it's probably about right for both of them. Yeah, like AJ Klein's a but... fine. He's not a Roquan Smith level linebacker, but he's you know you get a couple of picks as well. And Roquan might actually get to negotiate his own deal now. Although the Ravens don't really negotiate with anybody, as Lamar Jackson knows. So. <laughs> They've got two players now that are trying to negotiate their own contracts because Roquan Smith's doing that same thing. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if he got that sorted or not with the Bears. The NFL's bringing in something to basically not allow players to represent themselves. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting little subplot that's just lingering along agent. in the background okay. that they're, they're trying to make it so like agents need to be involved somehow, which is, uh, yeah, an interesting one anyway. But, um, okay. yeah, no, Smith's contract's still expiring, so it'll be interesting to see what the Ravens do when they have to pay uh, Lamar Jackson as well. But hey-ho. Um, I thought that was a good one. Hawkinson makes sense for the, oh, the, the Vikings. Vikings. offense is stacked now. Yeah, I, I didn't. I've always liked Hawkinson. I thought he was going to be a guy that would really break out. It hasn't happened, but he's always looked good. And if you've got a tight end, your tight end doesn't have to be a Travis Kelsey to help you win loads of games. And Hawkinson just—it's just a good piece to bring in. It just makes complete sense. Really undervalued player, and yeah, when you've got Justin Jefferson taking all the interest, Hawkinson in the passing game is going to be great for that. And he's a really good blocking tight end be. still as well. Yeah, he's, he's a useful huge guy. For getting yeah. cook off. So yeah, yeah, big fan of that. Ridiculous for the Lions to give it to a freaking divisional rival. I know that's the shocking thing. Why going to watch not... him twice a year shred you? <sighs> what? It's one thing to say, okay, we know where we are for this season. But it's another thing to trade him in the division. Like you said, surely there would have been interest from other teams. Like they must have, they don't want to give their divisional rivals players. There must have been other players in the hunt. Pick up the phone. Like it's weird. I wonder if Dan Campbell had a little cry about it. Cries about everything. He's playing hard nose football team. Oh, you know, talking about off-season expectations, some of the things we said, and Phoebe Schechter, when she was on, we were talking about hard knocks and the way Campbell was, and we were all a bit like, oh, like he's too close to the players. He kind of thinks he is a player, doing press-ups with them and kind of overly kind of emotional and matey. It doesn't look great at this stage. Nope. Sorry, Dan. Not letting the hard knocks fool us. Uh, Chase Claypool to the Bears. That was... I feel sorry for Chase Claypool. More than anything Uh, else. Because he's going to a place with another bad QB. I'm sure he would have liked to have gone anywhere. I don't think Justin Fields is necessarily a bad QB. We'll see. It's it's hard to judge him because he hasn't had a a receiver on the outside. since He's He had Alan Robinson last year. Alan Robinson's cooked, as we can see. But he wasn't (laughs) at the the Bears. I mean, that is a weird one Mm. with expectation. Like, yeah, Alan Robinson was a great receiver at the Bears. I mean, I we know, spoke with Hannah Wilkes and we man. were like, oh my goodness, this is going to be great. Like, you've lost OBJ, but you bring in a healthy, like, slightly lesser version in terms of downgrade in terms of the skill, but yeah. a healthier version 
of a player than OBJ was. So maybe it levels out. Alan Robinson, this is going to be great. Perfect compliment to Cooper Cup, etc. Blah, blah, blah. Nothing. But I don't know. I like. I always had a soft spot for Claypool because that first season, um, yeah, I picked him up for like nothing in fantasy, and he was really good. Maple. I like Tron. him as well. He's 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 a really strong receiver. He seems to run his routes well. I don't really have any complaints. So it's hard to judge him on this year because, you know, they're just their passing game is awful. Whoever's playing quarterback. So I think it made sense. What did they get for him? A second. Second round. They basically got what that's they good. They got like, him for a second round one. pick, and they got back a second round pick. So it's yeah, a free one a, for the Steelers. I think. I, I think it's, it's a weird fine. one for the Bears. And they'll probably pick up. Like they've got Pickens. They seem really happy with him, and they've got Johnson. They'll probably pick up somebody else in the like fourth round next year and turn them into a superstar. Mm. So it's fine, isn't it? I like the Chiefs going and getting Kadarius Tony. Big, yes. big body receiver who hasn't been able to do anything at the Giants with a lot of kind of has everything you would want from a receiver, just needs to turn it into production on the field in terms of physical assets. And I wonder if like Andy Reid, Mahomes and the Chiefs just gives him a new lease on footballing life and we actually get to see what an excellent physical specimen can start doing on a football field. I, I'm a little bit surprised just in terms of they've got quite a... It's not a loaded receiving room, uh, talent-wise, but there's a lot of bodies there. So I'm surprised that they bought in another one to yeah. compete. They've got like, so who've they got? Hardman, Juju, um, MVS, and there's at least another two guys there that I would, you would recognize if I said their names. So it's quite a crowded room. So it's going to be. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how many snaps he gets, even. I'm never too strong on uh, Valdez Scantling, if I'm honest. Hmm. He's so, flashed, though. He had a good week last week. He got yeah, like a couple of weeks ago, yards, he, he was okay. But yeah, uh, yeah I'm not... Um... And obviously, Kelsey takes the kind of brunt of it at the moment, or has done in the last few weeks anyway. So well, It looks like may- maybe it's more of a sign that they're going to keep using Hardman like Debo and just running, using him on end arounds and stuff like that. More as a scat back. I mean, that basically is. Sorry, I just got the Chiefs uh, roster up. It basically is their receiver room. I mean, Sky Moore, Justin Watson. Like, that's that's the other two that have been involved, really. So it is Hardman, Scantling, and Schuster. And then you throw in. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense to bring him in then. I mean, it it was probably what a sixth or conditional seventh or something. It was like nothing, was it? Yeah, it wasn't wasn't, uh, a big move. Yeah. third round compensatory pick and a sixth round pick basically so yeah not okay. much and just quickly uh, Naheem Hines to the Bills I like that strength yeah, in the, oh it's like Hines yeah strength in the running yeah. back room considering how well Jordan Taylor's uh, Johnson Taylor's done this year might be the best running back in Indianapolis so <laughs> uh, Jeff Wilson going across from the Niners to the Dolphins kind of touched on in that McDaniel knows him pretty well good signing yeah Christian McCaffrey gets the pass throw and catch a touchdown in his second game for the Niners so that trade already looks pretty good (laughs) to see Shanahan with a weapon like that when he's got such a dynamic offensive mind is really exciting if you like Carl Shanahan then to see McCaffrey on that team is great and I don't think he's gonna hopefully he's not gonna like run him into the ground because they've got other guys there so he's not gonna get like 30 touches a game it's exciting. I like it. 
I really like that. And I like the 49ers. They're my like they're my low key pick. I think Eagles 49ers championship game based on the first one. bit of the season. Yeah. I'll be going. It's I'll, got a good ring to it. I'll be fly I will go to that. If it's Eagles Niners, I'll I'll go to it. Cause my mate who I went to the, the game with last year, the Rams Niners game, is a huge Niners fan. He's been mm. to the Super Bowl that they lost. He's been to the championship game that they lost. So I will drag <laughs> so him. You see I will him, drag him to the championship game. Watch him game. lose to your team. <laughs> he's He's been to three Niners games, right? They've always so he's been to four Niners games. He saw them beat the Giants like four years ago in San Fran. And then he went to the Super Bowl, watched them lose. He went to the championship yeah. game, watched them lose. And then he went out to the first game of this season and watched them lose to the Bears <laughs> in the rain and lost his phone. <laughs> and lost his phone. I like that extra detail. Sorry, Andy. Let's put some real color on it. Oh, just finally, uh, I did an interview with Melvin Gordon's cock last week as well, which was quite interesting. So, what? <laughs> Melvin Gordon sat down in the locker room. Yeah. The bench is real low, like almost if you're stood up, like knee height low. Mm. So he's quite low down when he sat there. And I was like, I can't do an interview where I'm like standing over him. That's weird. So I was like, okay, I'll crouch down, you know, get into a little squat and kind of do it from that sort of position. But Melvin Gordon's only in a towel and his legs are like slightly open. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't look, I didn't look, but yeah, I was very did. much just aware of like, make eye contact. <laughs> you looked. I was like right next to his knee as well. So That's I was about so as close funny. as I could have got. And it was you, really were weird. Were you holding out a microphone as well? Yeah, I was holding a mic up there, yeah. But it was it was oh. really it, he was a great talker though he was really nice he was a really cool guy but um go to our Instagram page return the pics on Instagram to see a bit of the chat with Melvin Gordon talking about Bronco Country let's ride and he's like yeah well we're horses oh this I saw that clip group. yeah yeah we're horses with him and Latavius Murray who wants to be in the London Hall of Fame apparently after getting two touchdowns in two games in a season <laughs> for two different teams I think he's the first player to do like that. that third player to play in London twice for two different teams in a season mm -hmm. uh adrian peterson did it as well um for okay. the saints and for the cardinals but i think he's the first player to get two different two touchdowns with two different teams in two different games in the same year in london it's pretty that makes sense put pretty, him up on the board get him up get him in that's what gets you get a gold him. jacket these days in sensationalized nfl journalism what would you get it would just be it would be like a golden cup of tea the golden scotch egg jazz would get it made up for him jazz no jazz today, so it's actually fun to have some intelligent debate around teams like the Vikings and stuff. <laughs> it's quite nice. Got to say the Vikings look good and they've strengthened their offense without a Kirk Cousins is going to ruin them comment coming in. Um, but jazz will hopefully be back next week. Uh, I might not be, so we'll see. Mm. But we'll be back. <laughs>